Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm Britton. Uh, and that's right, guys. It's round two of Here Come the Sequels, Scooby Dudes, the full spoiler spinoff where we talk about Scooby-Doo movies. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Tyler. We missed you. Yeah. Um, I'm sad I cannot rejoin Alex. Uh, we will next week be back at full strength. Yes. Um, yep. This has left you as the only person with the the full uh, text <laughs> right. of the Scooby-Doo franchise. <laughs> I, I am the uh, the chronicler of this. Yes. I'm the, the lore keeper. Yeah. Uh, and I have questions, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'll do. I'll see what I can do. Uh, yeah, Alex is on vacation. Uh, oh, jeez. No, sorry. I got another text from him. I just need to. He's been. Te- he's, I got to respond real quick. Mm-hmm. No, Alex, I'm perfectly happy with my current religion please stop sending me pdfs okay <laughs> um that sounds like a acronym that you'd come up with to remember all the planets like, <laughs> that's that, that sentence <laughs> where did he where did he go on vacation what kind of re- religions do they I, have in hey, florida you, you know how impressionable he is <laughs> You know, he just... Uh, he... Does he know timeshares aren't a religion? <laughs> I think that was a lot of what it was. He was like, but I believe in them. No, Alex, it's not. If you have faith that you have access to <laughs> the condo exactly. at any time of year, then you will. Precisely, precisely. Oh, boy. So, yes, Tyler, you, you were not here last week when Alex and I discussed uh, Scooby-Doo 1 from 2002, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe... We I, I don't know. We didn't do a lot of preamble in our pre-recording chat, um, our, our our pre-show huddle, if you will. Um, so, I, but I have a feeling that that puts you at a somewhat something of a disadvantage in enjoying this movie. Uh, before we dive in, uh, what 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 was, we talked about this with me and Alex? What was your like Scooby Doo sort of knowledge? Before? Were you a fan as a kid? Like, what's your kind of relationship with this? With the the movie, just the, the Scooby Doo, the whole entity, the whole thing. Uh, I would say, I I definitely watched, uh, random bits and pieces of, like whatever was on TV. I d- I have no idea which ones are from which sure. eras and which shows came out when with Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely watched like the original when they had it on Saturday morning cartoons or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I assume it was all Saturday morning cartoons. That's in my in my brain. That's the only time we ever watched uh, cartoons as children. Um, and so like I had a familiarity, and I had seen I think both of these movies. Um, and I actually think I remembered this one less. Mm. The first one, I I had a pretty good grasp. I I did listen through the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I, most of it was like, yep. I remember that. Uh, and it, it more just like recontextualizing of, oh, oh, that was a weird movie, wasn't it? <laughs> I knew it was, but like, yeah, connecting dots there. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see how you feel about this one in terms of how much it can, feels like a continuation. Mm-hmm. Because watching this movie, it was a lot closer to like hey what if we did the cartoon and it was bad then <laughs> i re- like i i remember the first <laughs> one being like this is totally just 
like the character is a name only. Yeah. Um, maybe they've got some of the gags, but a lot of the time it's just going off and doing its own thing and being crazy. Whereas this has a lot of stuff that feels like it's trying to do the yeah. stuff in the cartoons. Uh, and it's just like horrifying to see it done realistically. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I am curious how you felt coming into this one. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. That's uh yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, real quick, we'll get some of the housekeeping out of the way. Um, this is, of course, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed from 2004, directed once again by Raja Gosnell. Uh, it has a 22% critic score good, good. Uh, and a 40% audience score. Ooh, <laughs> not, not a that's, slam dunk. That's like a... I'm sure we've done other movies that have had that kind of tracking, but that's rough in the sense of like usually the audience score, you know, it'll be like, ah, oh, it's like a sixty or it's like a, 50. yeah, you yeah, know, it's yeah. kind of a, the audience is not as mad about it. They're just like, oh, that was that was weird, whatever, moving sure. on. But to, to have like the slight step up on the audience score and not even really <laughs> yeah. a middling endorsement is rough. Yeah, um, I I will uh preface the conversation by saying. I think both of those scores were a little lower than they ought to be. Uh, okay. Or, or, not, or okay. in terms of what I would say, I probably understand why it, it is so rated. Sure. Um, and now for the synopsis, ahem. In this live-action sequel to the live-action prequel, it wasn't not a change in format, uh, the lovable dog Scooby-Doo once again joins his pals Shaggy, Velma, Fred, and Daphne as they stumble into another seemingly supernatural mystery. In addition to facing off against various monsters that are tormenting their town, the gang must deal with television journalist Heather Jasper Howe, who is out to discredit their investigations. Um, yeah, I kept waiting for that very complex name to be an anagram or have some kind of... Re I, I think that was just the names that she has. I don't know if that's yeah. a reference to... If her name was like Hannah something Barbera, I might get it, but... <laughs> It just feels like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, this movie is uh, explicitly written by James Gunn. In the previous film, mm -hmm. there was a lot of, like... Kind of, there were two writers, and I think there were various drafts. And I don't know how many drafts this one had, but he is the only credited writer. Which is odd, because I get the sense that the first one is more Gunn than Agreed. this. Yeah. This one feels very watered down. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways and very like by the numbers yeah um just strange yeah i i will say as as the 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 main thing that i think i like the main thing i like about this movie and i wonder how i'll feel about it in a few weeks when it's just a thing i remember having seen mm -hmm. after having watched the first movie last week i was i think i was in a better position to enjoy this one because this movie feels to me like a kid's movie I wouldn't say that it feels yeah. like a good kids movie, but the previous one, as Alex and I talked about, feels like a movie that, when well, it is a movie that was made for the college MTV crowd, but also for kids and ended up trying to, it was too adult to be for kids and too reined in and watered down to be for college kids. It was just kind of this weird, like, it's weirdly sexual and crass, yeah. but also never really that much, so... This one full on feels like a kids movie. There's there's no cleavage. There's there's a fairly objectifying <laughs> outfit, but there's not like sure. cleave. Well, okay, there's two. I take it back. But <laughs> um, but it's not it's not yeah like characters 
commenting on. I, I don't yeah, want to get into the Fred Daphne situation. For no, the first no, one. no. It's it's not as overtly sexual. There's no like marijuana jokes or anything. Um, uh, are there? Did there's I miss one. There's one early on where, and maybe maybe I missed, and there's actually a better explanation for it. But where uh, they're all seeing like their their fan base oh, at the uh, yeah. at the opening of their museum, mm-hmm. and Shaggy's like he he sniffs and therefore finds his stoner fan base oh yeah <laughs> like they're like they're yeah. it's they don't say what it is but it's like oh he smells and when yeah. he smells he 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 figures out where his fans are <laughs> and they all are dressed yeah in, okay well then points know. to the movie yeah. for doing something subtle ish yeah it was yeah. approaching subtlety um so that that was something that really carried me through the movie is that i was like yeah this is this feels like a kid's movie. How nice to be watching something that feels. So in, you know, four weeks, I might go, man, what a stupid movie. But now I was like, <laughs> what a refreshing thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so so for you, d- jumping in sort of in Mystery Res, uh, what was it mm-hmm. like for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, well, that's the thing is this, based on my memory of the first one and listening to the, the episode, this feels like it could just be almost a directed DVD mm-hmm. thing that just exists. And it's just like, Oh, it's Scooby-Doo. Sure. I don't even know if there's any major references to the first one. Not really. Uh, are no. any of the costumes costumes from the first one? I mean, even then not entirely. Cause well, there's a lot more costume changes, but like the Velma's is probably the closest, but now Shaggy has like a white long sleeve shirt under his, his green shirt. Sure. Um, well, I was I was just talking about like the museum. Oh, the museum. Costumes. Oh, the museum. Are costumes. any of those the same ones? I think they. The I think they mention offhand the Black Knight in the first movie. Okay. I think they say something about oh, and we. But it's not a. This is it's it's like Halloween. It's a divergent yeah timeline no, situation. Yeah. So we don't necessarily we don't connect for sure the two because yeah this feels like the plot of. Like it almost feels like this is the live action movie that they come up with because they're like, oh, we need, we're making a movie mm-hmm. as a, a capstone on Scooby Doo the cartoon or something sure. like that. Like, and so this is supposed to be like in the continuity of the cartoon or something like mm-hmm. that. Like that's almost what this feels like. Yeah, and and this also feels like um, what the first one should have been, <laughs> and they're yeah. like, the, we this is the Scooby Doo cartoon only it's live action. And it's yeah. der- it, it feels way more connected to the animated series because it's all these costumes from the cartoon mm-hmm. and these monsters. And there's like old man Winkles or whatever, um, yeah. which is there's the a thing. fascinating mask reveal. Yes. Uh, which we can get into. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think there are a few like cosmetic throwbacks or maybe like. There's a few points in this movie where people where like the gang go to a place and there are photos of them around and they look at the photos. Mm-hmm. I think one of those had like a photo of Fred from the, the previous movie. I the tattoo that someone had of Velma, I think, was dealt the way she was styled in the previous movie. But there's that. The, no one ever says anything about Scrappy Doo. No one says anything about Spooky Island um, or Rowan Atkinson. Like nobody. Yeah alludes to like, remember that time we were we all broke up for a year or whatever? Mm-hmm no talk of any of that um daphne kind of knows martial arts in this but i think you could just take that as a thing she knows yeah it's like a 
yeah. So it really, they, there's no, there's no reason you have to watch this one second, except I think it works a lot better. When right. after, after you've had the like bad taste of. Well, that's what uh, I feel like. It's just like, oh, just watch. I wouldn't. I don't think I would recommend anybody watch either of them. But oh, like, sure. If you had to, for some reason, yeah, this is probably the one to watch. I, I would certainly um, say if if like your child was just like so desperate, would sure. would not stop begging for a Scooby Doo live action movie, and you were like, well, this is well, I, maybe there's another one, the, the TV one. It's like just if do this one. If you gotta choose between the two, do this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless you don't like fart jokes, because oh boy. <laughs> um, which now, charitably yeah. that might be what was going on at the beginning of the movie. M- maybe is that they're just smelly people, but and, and maybe yeah. that's the like however you want to see it, man. <laughs> like yeah. take it take it as read. And you, you, uh, you were messaging us a little bit when you started watching the movie. It seemed like you started off maybe a little like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna have a good time with this," and then there was a precipitous drop. <laughs> yeah, it just it it really starts to wear on you. Yeah. I think as because it, it starts off and it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Everyone's silly and not really taking it seriously. Yeah, there's a charm in to a it. in a way that it is yeah endearing and like okay, this is we're having a good time here. Like mm. the, the characters know what movie they're in. Um, yeah. I think the thing I messaged you about is that Seth Green has this like incredible pratfall yeah. where he like, he's walking across the museum to Velma and they're, they're doing the thing where there's like Velma stops hearing whatever people are saying to her. Yeah. And there's a slow motion eye contact scene. And then mm. it's like, Oh, it's funny. Cause he falls and he does the most ridiculous, like arm flapping in the air. Yeah. And like Crazy his face expression. totally contorts. Yes. Yeah, um, it's not they don't play Dreamweaver during it, but they ba- it's essentially that. <laughs> That's what my brain will fill in completely thinking about it later on. Yeah, um, no, it's it's a very good pratfall. Um, but I do agree with you. I think that the movie starts off for what strong for what it is in that it's very it's silly, but in a very like benign way. You know, like, yep. yeah, all right. Oh, that. Oh, how? Ha, ha, ha. It's char- It's the kind of thing your grandparents would be like, oh, that's darling. But then mm. after a while, you're like, man, they are really doing these fart jokes. Was there a, like a catalyst for you when you went, I don't like this anymore? Or did it just sort of wear I you I don't down? know if there was. Uh, I should, maybe at some point, I'll come, while, while we're talking, I'll look back through and see if I can find like. You'll watch trace, the movie again. Trace what, ha- yeah. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll trace what happened in my messages uh, mm-hmm. to see if I can understand what caused it. But I think it. I don't know that anything changes from the first part. I think as it just keeps going, it's like, oh, this is the movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it it just never stops until the movie's over. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, as it, as it goes on, I mean, it is like an obnoxious, like, kids yeah. cartoon or something like that. Or something where, again, this feels like, yeah, this is content made for children. Right. That uh, adults is not really trying to appeal to adults all that much. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can really put a huge point on it in terms of mm-hmm. what the problems I have with it are, other than it's just very silly. The effects are very bad. <laughs> uh, and there are a lot of them. There it's, are. it's astonishing kind of how much it's like committing mm-hmm. to using effects. Uh, when 
I don't know. I don't know. Like, it, this comes from a cartoon. Yeah. And then you're, I mean, I guess that's a very early 2000s thing to do to be like, we're going to bring this to life by using a ton of CGI. Yeah. Uh, and that is sure what they try and do. Yeah. And yeah. it does not super work. Maybe it's just because of the purple things from the previous movie, which looked horrible. Um, mm-hmm. I believe I said they looked like they should be rubbing their hands and cackling on a PC game's loading screen. <laughs> um, that I was like, and the effects are definitely dated. I, I was able to take them probably a little bit more easily. But but it, it, there were several times and it raised the question of if these are costumes that have come to life, why do so many of them need to be animated? Like, couldn't the Black Knight just be yeah. a suit of armor? Like without, and I think he was a suit of armor walking around. Like there was a guy in a suit, but do you need all this like spectral, like augmentation around them to make it look like they're ghosts when couldn't you just pick a bunch of costumes and have actors get in the costumes and be creepy? Like, I feel like that would work. Um, there is a, an electricity ghost that mm-hmm. I, I kind of liked that one. I thought, you know, that was actually kind of spooky for a kid's movie for me. And I, I didn't hate that effect. It's the, the, the tar monster that I think is the real, the real culprit. Um, he looks like the yeah. blue gloopy thing from Monsters vs. Aliens, which I never saw. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've seen that character a lot. Uh, and he he looked like him. And he and Scooby get into a whole fight that is definitely the Clayface fight from Arkham City. <laughs> it's definitely that. <laughs> um, where you have to constantly freeze Clayface and break him apart and stuff. Right, right. Uh, so they stole it from this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. Paul Dini was like, hmm. Paul Dini's uh, a big James Gunn fan. Hey, I, Probably. I, I couldn't. <laughs> he might be. Uh, he's about to. That's why they're making a video game based on Slither. I was going to say, I want a super video game or something to that effect. I haven't seen that movie. You and Alex both have. And the way you talk about it, I think I don't want to see it. You're right. Okay. It, I don't think it would work. Yeah, you. I don't. It kind of worked for me, and I don't know why. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about this movie. Um, no, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, the the effects are are very jarring, and there's also a lot of like like the opening title sequence is like Tim Burton esque, where you're flying through a city, mm-hmm. um, but it it really does look like a slightly later PC game like intro, <laughs> where you're like, ah, I'm traveling through New York. You just jogged uh, a memory from watching this from my head, which is that at some point during this movie, I had the thought, this is like the one of the few movies that I would say, hey, this should have been directed by Tim Burton. Sure. Yeah. The, I, I think, I mean, not that they were going for that kind of budget. But no, like, no. <laughs> that would have made, like adding a style over this actually yeah. could have made this a lot of fun. Um. And like giving it more energy, sure. scene to scene. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, Christina Ricci as Velma would be pretty fun. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, yeah. Actually, uh, how did you uh, respond to the cast? Alex and I discussed them last week, but what what were your impressions of them this time around? For you? I think so. I think well, Velma, Lena Carlini as Velma. I think. Linda Cardellini is good mm-hmm. at acting yes. and so it it works 
on that front and also like the wig works yeah uh and so i don't know i think overall i like this cast uh i have i, I mentioned linda cardellini because i have specific things which i will talk about mm-hmm. uh that they do in this movie that i think are missteps mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. but i feel like everyone's like a good choice yeah uh and especially again if we're going for this angle of like this is just a kid's movie that's supposed to be like yeah. it's a live option a live action adaptation of the cartoon straight up then yeah i mean like matthew lillard is yeah. you know really works as shaggy mm. um i'm trying to think of like i think probably the one that translates least to me is um I don't even remember the actor's name now. Who plays Fred? Uh, Freddie Prince. Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. There we go. Um, I think that for some reason he doesn't click for me quite as the mostly because the cartoon Fred is so like emotionless yeah. <laughs> and personality void that mm-hmm. like he has Freddie Prince Jr. has too much of kind of like a, a fun smugness to him. Right. And, right. He's he's doing too much with him, and it's like no f- pull back. Give give me someone that is just going to just like yeah, you know, be the guy who spouts exposition and looks tough. Yeah, like actual Fred or Fred from the cartoons is more of like if Chris Evans didn't have charisma, <laughs> um, it's just yeah. a like barrel chested like all right guys let's do this. Yeah, and Prince is version of him is more of like a smarmy cocky. Like surfer yeah. guy, yeah, uh, yeah. I I liked him more in this. I actually liked his hair better in this one hmm. because I think it is a wig and it's a very silly wig, and I think that's why I liked it because <laughs> sure. I'm like, we're just doing it. It's like weird, like hat hair kind of like, yeah, I'm into it. And he puts an ascot on. Like, come on, this is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I continued to to like everybody. I think Matthew Lillard gets seems like crank it up and get even sillier in this, but I think it's because he's calibrating to, oh, we're even more of a kid's movie, so I'm going to do, like, big, like, hey, kids, and lots of, like, whenever he's saying trying to sound smart, he points one his index finger up next to his head because that's what smart characters do in uh, anime. Um, And you know know Shaggy is all over that. You know he's crushing that uh, My Hero Academia all day long. I, I, Sarah Michelle Gellar impacted me less in this movie because I think she was having to do less heavy lifting. Because in the first movie, there there were scenes where it felt like she slung the scene over her shoulder and was like, mm-hmm. "We're we're gonna get over, we're gonna get to that deadline." Guys. I Come on. still felt that way in this one. Okay, having not seen the first one, <laughs> sure. I I would almost argue she's the strongest, and I think in in sort of a way of like, she's updating the character a little bit mm-hmm. uh in the sense of like yeah this is what i actually would want somebody to add to this role yeah if they're making it live action like i think she does a good job yeah and happen. and they continue to avoid the easy the easy jokes of daphne which would be a vapid fashionista yeah. and everything that and also like sarah michelle geller because she had been doing buffy i think she was still on buffy at the time when she does mm-hmm. like a martial arts pose at one point and i was like yeah that's legit because she knows yeah. how to do that yeah um yeah because i just remember in the first movie it really feeling like raja i can't carry this movie for you but i can carry the movie (laughs) 
because like she was just really dedicated and i loved it cardellini is is fantastic and she there's a part in this movie where she's sad about a realization she she thinks she's had about seth green and she plays it in a way that i was like oh oh this is like a real like a real emotion real mm-hmm. like we quickly dropped into sincerity from the movie and because she sold it so well mm-hmm. there were times when the velma voice was a little bit much for me but every every time i would get it would start to not even scratch my ear but just like get kind of close to it i would go no it works mm-hmm. because uh audience she, she's doing this like and now we know about the real truth of mr jacobo like that kind of thing which but like it works frankly i'm impressed that both she and matthew lillard went i'm gonna do a character voice a cartoon character voice but ultimately make it sound like they're a person yeah yeah and add kind of the emotion or not even so much the emotion but the like facial expressions yeah yeah to kind of make that work and Um, i continue to be impressed with how well matthew lillard seems to be interacting with a dog who is not there. Um, yeah. Like, they really there's, do feel like they're in the scene. There's a point in this where he tries to pet Scooby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the CGI, like, I feel yeah. like you, I feel like they weren't expecting him to do that mm. because you can see the green screen kind of ripple around his hand a little bit. There's mm-hmm. a little outline there. <laughs> It's pretty good. It's is this the part good. where he and Velma are trying to pet Scooby and Daphne tries to like give Scooby a kiss? Maybe. Because that, that definitely happened with me where I was like, oh, okay. I totally... There, Sean Gunn didn't get under Matthew Lillard's hand real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty It's pretty silly. Um, Scooby might have been the weakest cast member for me, to tell you the truth. I just... I yeah. Know, I mean, it, he doesn't look great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he does not. Apparently, there was a bit the the part where, which was a a dropping point for me, where he and Shaggy start drinking different potions. Um, yeah, he turns into that Tasmanian devil. He does, uh, good which, which is a good bit. Apparently, they had originally wanted him to turn into two D cartoon mm-hmm. Scooby, but then they're like, "Well, we don't want people comparing the two versions." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you're not wrong. That's correct." There's a great bit in a Mystery Science Theater movie where the characters start watching Casablanca and one of the one of the bots says, oh, don't show a good movie in the middle of your crappy movie. <laughs> and I think the like Raja Gaznell was like, wait, 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 we, if we remind Hold them. Up. Yeah, Ugh. it almost might work better if they just stuck a 2D Shaggy in, or 2D Scooby in this movie. Sure. I just said, like, sure. Yep, he's part of it. Yeah. Um just who Roger Rabbit. Let's just do it that way. Because like the early on, like speaking of comparisons or comparing the effect, early on he does talk, quote unquote, to some dogs at the premiere of the museum. Yes. <laughs> yes, he does. And it's like, oh, you're showing like this thing would horrify those dogs. Like those dogs <laughs> would not be okay. <laughs> with this scooby yeah talking to them uh and so yeah well the these movies this and the previous one do try to make scooby an actual dog who can talk which in the cartoon he always just felt like another member of the gang who is a dog but in this one they have like he barks and it's an actual dog bark and i don't know why that was so strange to me 
Um, yeah. And I want to talk about the potion scene because that scene has some choices in it. It does. Scooby sees his reflection in a mirror and then realizes it's a refrigerator. And so he opens it up and there's just a lot of potions and he sees something that he thinks is lemonade. And they didn't go for the joke they could have gone for. And it turns out it's just a potion that he drank it, but he turned into like a slug monster. Mm -hmm. And then it's just him and Shaggy drinking potions, transforming into stuff. But Shaggy, they do at one point he gets super buff, like in the meme and he's like his voice modulates, but there's the first potion Shaggy drinks he gains a, a a shapely woman's body and they don't, I don't think they do any like dirty jokes about like, he doesn't Not like really. feel himself up or anything like something like that. But the, it, it's the Chris Evans uh, on the other guy's uh, body effect from Captain America. First Avenger um, only terrible because there are, mm-hmm. there are parts where the woman um, who is, is whose body they're using She's clearly on set and like is moving around and talking, but Matthew Lillard's head seems to like kind of swerve yes. around it like a snake, and so it's constantly. Like, I think there's there is a part where you see his neck like a little bit a- away from her neck. It's so bizarre that it, it, like the skin tone's not right. Yeah, so exactly. like even like, the, yeah. the the already Lovecraftian image of Matthew Lillard's head on this this uh, woman's body is bizarre. But then you you add in the fact that his head is not attached to him to her yes themself uh it's it's jarring um Scooby well, turns into Einstein at one point as well or like a, he it has like Einstein hair yeah it happened yeah I think when he got the woman's body is when I said out loud to myself oh this isn't gonna work out <laughs> or, <laughs> maybe I was wrong yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it probably was not. It probably was around that point because I, I was looking back and I did message about an hour afterwards mm-hmm. after being kind of like, "Oh, this movie's gonna be fun. Seth Green's doing a silly trip." Yeah, uh, and it was about an hour after that that I was like, "Oh, this is this is a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I was wrong. I was so wrong." Um. Yeah. I have four notes here. Go, please. Uh. But I'll I'll just go ahead and, ex- and say what the notes are. <laughs> And then we can go from there and maybe break them into chunks. Um, my first note is weird Velma stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my second note is weird Daphne stuff with Alicia Silverstone. Alicia, Alicia, Alicia. I think Alicia Silverstone. Uh, my third note is Seth Green. I don't. Maybe that was just about the pratfall. I don't know if I had anything yeah. else to say about him. Uh, maybe something about the fact that he lost a bunch of money to NFTs recently. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe that was on my mind. I don't know. Um, and then Mark Provart, who we'll we'll get to. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back around to that. Um, um, but first, yeah, I was gonna say weird Velma stuff. Um, mm-hmm. He he. I'm still thinking about Mark Provart. Weird Velma stuff. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, they at one point do the thing that movies do, where it's like, oh, we have to. Uh, make the nerdy looking girl with the glasses and the bad haircut. We will, we'll just change her hair and her, uh, take her glasses off and put makeup on her and put her in like a tight yeah, outfit of some sort. Yeah. Um, and suddenly she's, you know, the, the super hot girl, like that's right. 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 You know, very common 
outdated, annoying movie trope. Yeah, that um, that, that Freddie Prince Jr. famously uh, <laughs> plied upon a woman in uh, "She's All That." I think only a few years prior mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. So he was yeah. the creative consultant. Go on. Sure, sure. Uh, the problem beyond just doing something yeah. dumb and unoriginal uh in in this is that when you do that to linda cardellini it's like oh she doesn't look like velma right <laughs> like the wig and the glasses are what are making her look like velma yeah and so when you take those off it's like oh this is a different this is just the actress linda cardellini like right 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 it's it was fascinating and they do put her glasses back on at some point while she's got this like red jumpsuit on. Yeah. Um, but like that, when that happened, I was my, it kind of broke my brain. Cause I was like, I can't see her as Velma again, the rest of this movie. <laughs> Cause like, like I know what she looks like, obviously normally from other movies, but in this, you've just totally shattered the illusion. You've, you've gone too far trying to, yeah. Like, I mean, it's already too far because it's just ridiculous and over the top. Right. Uh, in terms of, like, the outfit they put her in and everything. But, um, yeah, that was a choice that they did. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a gross for, for all the obvious reasons. Um, it also... Weird, I, I mentioned now in the previous movie, there's a scene where she inexplicably is just in, like, a cleavy t-shirt. Mm-hmm. and a shorter skirt so it, it there's a scene in that movie where she's basically dressed as like the halloween like sexy velma costume which probably exists yes, and in sure. this it's just like yeah she suddenly becomes the actress linda cardellini in a cat suit <laughs> like it is it is bizarre and and disquieting um but it also like she's doing this because she she's gonna go on a date with seth green's character and wants to feel more confident and so Daphne's like, oh here, I'll help you dress this mm-hmm. way. But that their whole I never really understood. We can now flow into talking about Seth Green. There's a whole thing where she th- we we and the mystery gang are thought to are led to believe that Seth Green is the bad guy. But then we never understand why he I never understood why he wasn't. Cause there's like he's still in these like creepy places and being really aggressive to these like punks at one point. And then he seems to have built some sort of shrine. And I never really understood. Was he just in the wrong place at the wrong time? And if so, why? Yes. Like I, I think never so. really got Otherwise that. he got away with all of it and his gaslighting Velma. Right. <laughs> um, I think the idea is that he just was in the wrong place. Uh, Guess, and yeah. Kept stumbling into these situations and was actually supposed to be red herring. Sure. For whatever a red herring means to the mystery of this movie. Right. Um, because, well, uh, so I think if you're good with that, we can pivot to Daphne and then from there to Alicia Silverstone. Sure. Um, I will quickly say, I think Seth Green was the coolest character in this movie, which is weird because he was supposed to be the nerd. Yeah. But he had the most like. Hey, all right. How you guys he doing was, today? He was the most like, yeah, I'm comfortable who I am. Yeah. Hey, That's Velma. Fine. So do you want to? Like, he was just really like, it's just a chill guy, a chill mm-hmm. guy with good with a good time to hang with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Daphne 
is the only person who does anything to help the team in this movie, except yeah. for Shaggy and Scooby running into the plot at the end. <laughs> uh, there, like, there's a point where Daphne is battling uh, the Black Knight, yeah, and just like totally going crazy. There's this; it's a ridiculous scene because, uh, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a kind of scene that makes you be like, does this movie know what? kind of movie it wants sure, to be yeah. um because daphne's fighting the black knight and it's fun and there's there's a, actually a, a fun part where um somehow its sword gets stuck in the ground and the sword starts fighting her while she's got like a staff right uh and the black knight's just like crossing his arms sitting against the the banister being like no hands you, <laughs> you you fight this thing and it's it's fun like that's yeah. a, i like that bit um but all during this whole time velma is reading out of a book on how to find monster's weak point Mm -hmm. and she's saying things like you must take the circumference of the earth and track it below the hypotenuse and you know look at the the shadow of the sun at the 12th hours like she's just reading a bunch of nonsense and like it's again so over the top and ridiculous but also it's it's something that could be funny if it was played correctly but it's kind of played straight as if like, it makes sense that this is just part of the mystery that there's this book that has this formula. that doesn't make any sense. And then she ends up kicking it in the crotch, which sure, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it was a weird scene, but Daphne does that. She also uses makeup to get them out of a cage. They fall into early on in the movie. Mm. Uh, she like finds the, uses the powder on a fingerprint scanner. Yeah. And, is able to retrieve the last used fingerprint and get them out of that. Um, and I think there's one other moment, like early on, she's like the only person who is doing anything. Everyone else is sitting around and like just screwing things up. And like Fred gets uh, knocked out or something by the black Knight. Yeah. Um, and so then later in the movie, uh, our, our reporter lady played by Alicia Silverstone is like reporting on how terrible the, um, the the gang is at what they do, which yeah. there's another weird angle to that where Fred keeps saying things, and then he's like, "That was out of context," or "I didn't say that." Yeah, or he's like, "Coolsville can solve its own problems," or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they don't. There's not like a oh, Fred, you know, gave a an interview, and mm-hmm. then she spliced the words together. Yeah. We don't see we don't see what he actually said. Sure. <laughs> so we don't know if that's like is that a joke about she's manipulating what he's trying to say or is that a joke about he doesn't he, he totally loses his mind in front of the camera and then says that. Yeah. It's not clear what is actually happening there and like I don't know. That's a weird thing that's happening. But uh reporter lady tries to convince Daphne that she's just a pretty face and doesn't do anything for the team. Yeah. It's like Daphne's not the person in this movie that that would work on right. Like Shaggy is doing that right now, yeah. Where he's having this arc over here about how he d- he feels like he never contributes, and Shaggy and Scooby are always just screwing things up, right? Why is that not connected to like what Daphne has no reason to be concerned yeah. about any of this, <laughs> and she also figures out that the reporter is the villain, yeah, <laughs> like right away, which the movie, which is like a leap in in the movie. She's she's just like, oh yeah, it's got to be her. Uh, and then, 
like the movie because then the villain shows up on the roof of the museum while mm-hmm. she's talking to the reporter uh whose name i'm gonna not can choose not to remember uh and then daphne just continues to assume that's the case and she's correct at the end right and somehow they all kind of figure this out um it's it's weird yeah no it, and that's my it is <laughs> <it's> my <laughs> well because it's something that like daphne in the previous movie she doesn't like that she always gets damseled and she right and so she learns to fight and everything but even that isn't played as like she's insecure it's played as that she's fed up and yeah. so it's not like she has any insecurities for alicia silverstone to exploit because it'd be so easy for this movie's daphne to be like obviously that's not true and then just keep on yeah. living her life because like yeah daphne is is <laughs> in many ways the hero of the film um Although she doesn't get into a motorcycle joust with a a black knight, that's true. Although, and I will say, I don't I don't like to impose real world logic on movies usually because it's a movie, especially a movie like this. Why is Fred not dead and in a morgue, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a giant suit of armor hits him in the chest with a lance? Like that should have collapsed his lung at least. <laughs> But, what if that had happened? What if they just like gone for it? Yeah. <laughs> what if they just swung for the fences and just had a plot where Fred dies? And and that's the rest of the movie is them like rushing him to the hospital and like holding yeah. his hand. Well, like, even like it doesn't even have to be like super over the top, but but just like what if what if they try to be like this movie's important now in the Scooby Doo canon because because Fred <laughs> dies like that's that's the big thing we're doing sure to make this stick. Oh, and then uh, like Seth Green is the new Fred kind of. <laughs> thing that he steps in that would have been really bold um and i i i wouldn't have hated it hmm it it couldn't have hurt at this point no i yeah truly and if i had to kill one of the scooby gang i get well it well it couldn't be scooby i guess um right so yeah it probably would be fred huh yeah scooby wherefore heart though (laughs) scooby's skull uh, but, but like you can be dang sure we'll avenge him. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am inevitable, and and I'm Scooby Doo. <laughs> I'm Ray. Ray Roo. <laughs> what? <laughs> Does that mean you're you're say do what? Anyway, yeah. Uh, what if there? Can we can we make a cut? of uh and when i say cut i just mean like take the movie Mm -hmm. star wars the the force returns whatever whatever (laughs) the ninth movie is called (laughs) rise of the skywalker yeah last of the mohicans it's called skywalker Uh, ascension i believe skywalker ascension um skywalker final fantasy 7 rebirth uh, <laughs> whatever whatever we're calling that one the ninth one uh yeah. what if what if there is a cut of that just every time anybody says palpatine you just hear scooby offspring go right roll <laughs> and so like this is including the opening credits like the crawl where it's like somehow palpatine has returned <laughs> right. oh shaggy and we don't cut to footage it's, we just hear it yes yeah i'm into that um i real quick programming note for the audience Whenever Final Fantasy VII Part Two Rebirth does come out, 
that will be when Tyler and Alex review Scoob because uh, yeah, I won't works. be on vacation, but I will also not be available. Sure. I'm going to be getting out of Midgar t- to uh, yeah. to go on some adventures, hang out with my friends, uh, see you, Fee, and everybody. Hopefully. I don't know. Do you, yeah. Do you think we can uh, convince James Gunn to make a third Scooby-Doo movie after, like, in time for that? Sure. Do you I think you can get one out? Probably. He's probably done with Peacemaker season two by now, right? Yeah. And, like, Guardians 3 is the last one, so he's wrapping yeah. that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like, what's he got on his plate? Yeah, and I don't but. know how busy any of those actors are. I mean, he's already got Cardellini. They're already probably on the lot for the Marvel thing. Yeah, just, like, bring over. I mean, Matthew Lillard was, I think, upset because they didn't bring him back for Scoob. Yeah, here's so, a like, chance, man. Yeah, give him give him another shot at that. And... Prince has been doing voice work then for a just, while. Then just cast John Cena as Fred. And <laughs> off to the okay, race. honestly, though, that's the thing. John Cena would be the, like, parody Fred. Yes. That's yeah. That's exactly right. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Alicia Silverstone is in the film, and yes. she's she's fine in it. You know, I mm-hmm. sure good job. Uh. There is a truly bizarre mask reveal, as you said. Mm-hmm. One and and I like that we get a full on Scooby Doo like we're gonna trot the villain out in front of all the reporters explain everything and go that's how we knew it was <gasps> alicia yeah. silverstone the whole time and you're like what no way we all thought it was peter boyle and then they take alicia silverstone's face off and it's tim blake nelson yes <laughs> it's very good it's very yeah. good it's, uh, it's it's pretty fantastic maybe the most redeeming quality of the movie because uh, sure. tim blake nelson has uh scenes like flashback scenes early on where they're like Oh, he was this guy who yeah. was in prison and tried to escape and drowned at sea, and uh, we don't know what happened to him. And it's like, okay, clearly he's going to come back in some capacity. Yeah. Um, and then I think they saw a newspaper clipping that had a photo of him that, and that's how it was, they proved that oh, he was actually been here the whole time. Right. Right. Um. But yeah, it's just Tim Blake Nelson as this reporter lady. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you know, masquerading all time and, and had like a very intricate plot of like i'm gonna report on the not mm-hmm. only am i gonna use my villain machine to make monsters but i'm gonna use my reporter disguise to bring down the reputation of the the mystery gang right and that's well she she even in 2004 she knew the power of like pr and mass media yeah. Um, can you imagine if this had been made in the age of Twitter, like the hashtags oh, yeah. that he would have concocted? Forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, uh, Tim Blake Nelson was like his character, Doctor Jacobo, was the like original pterodactyl ghost. I think. Yes. There's all this footage of him in what looked like there. There are parts of this movie that look like a bad episode of Pushing Daisies. Not that there were bad episodes mm. of Pushing. If there was an episode of Pushing Daisies that was bad. Where it's like a, just a Barry Sonnenfeld, like very practical effect against a green screen of him standing on a prison parapet with like these big wings. Yes. And I was kind of hoping there would be a scene where he was like, you know, I just really hope my son Adrian is okay. You know, he took his mother's last name, my beloved wife, Griselda Toombs. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have like a de aged Michael Keaton watching this on TV being like, yes. I'll avenge you, but yes. not here. Um, they do live in also they live in Coolsville, 
And they say Coolsville a lot, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked that they said it. I liked that the museum is called the Coolsonian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's kind of like how people have started taking Watergate and creating a portmanteau yes. of whatever thing has happened, as though Watergate is not the name of the hotel, but it was somehow yes. connect. Um, that now they're like, well, Smithsonian. So this museum would be the Coolsonian. Because if it weren't in D.C., it would be called the Dallasonian. Where does Smithsonian come from? I think it was the the founder, maybe. Let me look it up. I listened to I was a gonna podcast say, from there, so I should know this, this Because Smith, Smithsonian doesn't sound like a full... Like, I feel like there's... That's coming from something. Oh, it was uh, named after its founding donor, British scientist James Smithson. Um, yeah, so so this this is sort of implies that in this universe he was called James Coulson, <laughs> I guess. Which Coulson? Ah, yeah. uh, Phil, Phil Coulson. Okay. Or his father. Is this was movie just, actually in the MCU? Um, or his father was just very cool, and he was like, "I'm a cool son." Sure. No, I think it is in the. I, I think we can establish it's in the MCU. And the oh, see, Velma after after getting a taste of the dating life, things didn't work out with uh, uh, Seth Green, so she decided to marry someone a little more exciting, uh, Clint yeah, Martin. Yeah, and she had to go into witness protection because right. of you know the the. When when Peter Boyle attempted to have them all assassinated, <laughs> yes, for uh, screwing up his theme park plan. I mean, th- this movie does have two MCU actors in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could I don't remember what Tim Blake Nelson does in Hulk, but I bet you could work this as part of his backstory. Yeah, and our soon to be Reed Richards, uh, Matthew Lillard. So, uh, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still doing the shaggy voice, of course. Like, like I got to stretch my arms all the way over there and grab him. <laughs> Here we go. I think, uh, I think at some point we need to do a podcast that is, and I'm totally stealing this from a, a podcast that I was just talking to you about, Brenton, beforehand mm. called uh, Cerebro Cast. Cerebro Cast, sure, an excellent podcast where they. Uh, talk about x-men and do deep dives on x-men characters um and the the creator connor goldsmith just recently started doing a uh like bonus content episode where Mm. he just reads through uh the classic chris claremont x-men run and like does voices and everything i think we need to do that (laughs) but we do fan castings Okay. Of like the original Fantastic Four run. Yeah. And Shaggy can be Reed Richards. Okay. Uh, you could do. I don't know, like uh, Old Man McGucket as <laughs> uh, the Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's clobbering time. <laughs> My girlfriend can't see me, and that's why it works. Hee <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm a horrible monster. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> I'm Aunt Petunia's ever-loving blue-eyed thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, 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 what's like a good voice that Alex does? George, do you want to say George Lucas is George is the Human Torch? Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, cool. And no, I no, guess no, George George Lucas is Doctor Doom. <laughs> that's yeah. That, that that actually makes a lot more sense. We'll have to we'll have to like find a a, a lady. We'll have to think of a lady we know to do an impression <laughs> as Sue Storm, or just be like it's Julianne Moore, and then just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think this is good. I think this is good. Yeah. Um. Oh, speaking of old man names uh this movie does have old man wickles winkles played by peter boyle mm-hmm. i laughed out loud the first time they introduced him because peter boyle for those of you who, who don't remember uh in the later stages of his life he just had like the the sort of balding like the ring of hair around the back yeah. of his from behind his ears back around his, his, his head um and in this movie they take it and just kind of like point it out around this like his temples mm-hmm. so it's just like he has this really pointy uh, thing and the first time you see him in the movie, there's this big crowd celebrating uh, the Scooby Gang, and they just cut to him and he's making this face like, Meh. and he's got mm-hmm. this point. It looks ridiculous. It was so funny. Um, and it's apparently, this part originally was going to be played by Michael Rooker, and huh. I'm so upset that he isn't. He didn't do it. I'm so upset. That's yeah. Michael Rooker was not an old man in 2004. I will say. But I love yeah. the idea. I just love... Can you imagine? I just wanted to make a theme park. It would have been so good. And I like Peter Boyle. Don't get me wrong. But like, God, mm. Michael Rooker as an old man whatever in a Scooby-Doo thing. Uh, what could have been? And we would have had three confirmations of MCU. Yeah, totally. Really four if we're counting Coulson. So. Yep, 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 yep. That's true. You could... Sarah Michelle Gellar could still be in the MCU. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She could be a Sue Storm. She uh, could. Actually, or... she could. It would work. It would work. I guess it depends on, like... Or she could be a, a Medusa from the Inhumans. Sure. If they... See, I'm afraid if they got her, she would just play, like, someone who's got to wear a pantsuit and talk about, like, a new Probably. law they're trying... You know, a senator kind of character, and it's like, I, I don't want to... I, I want her to, like, yeah, have yeah. cool powers. Have, let her have fun. Yeah. Let her be uh who has fun powers. Um let her be the silver surfer. Now, depending on what age you want to go for, I really wouldn't hate well, I don't know if she ha- can be as cold as Emma Frost needs to be. Sure. I don't know if she can be that detached. She's a I mean, I guess she did that in Cruel Intentions, which I haven't seen. Um Yeah, why not? That'd be fun. Yeah. Cause I guess Mockingbird's already they've already done Mockingbird, didn't right. they? Right. Right, technically. Yeah. All right, she's Ghost Rider. Done. Yeah. Galactus. <laughs> Galactus Sarah, Sarah Michelle Galactus. Hashtag Sarah Michelle Galactus. Sarah Michelle Galactus. Have we, do you think, we haven't even gotten to the bit that's just going to completely derail this. Uh, and I think we've already upset Alex enough, so I should probably get to, <laughs> I'm just, just assuming he can feel the, sure. the vibes of off-topicness uh, emanating from this location he, he knew what this location. was gonna be that's why that's i went on true. vacation he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna listen to this he's not gonna subject himself to yeah the the abyss that he knows he can stare into yeah for sure he's not he's, he's gonna totally gonna skip the part we both recommend vanilla sky at the end of the episode <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um so the the last tidbit i have here i did say mark provart yes one of my yes uh my things um i so there are a couple of songs in this mm-hmm. uh, that are like, <sighs> Britain. I don't know if you did. You catch the ones that 
these I, songs. I were, caught a bunch. They, I yeah. I wonder if this is the soundtrack that made James Gunn say, "I want to make soundtracks because I, I can do better than this." <laughs> I need to fix this. Yes. Um. Yeah. There's a bunch of random songs in this. Uh. But there are a couple that are mostly used in like the more emotional beats. Like there's one that plays over a flashback. I think. Um, there's one that plays over a montage mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they're fixing the big MacGuffin device so that it, yes. it'll blow up all the monsters. Yeah. Um, and it's I think the song is called Monsters. Uh, and the I would describe the song as having it's a very early 2000s energy. It's like very yes. Uh, I was getting such of, like middle school flashbacks watching this movie for just yes. the soundtrack. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but these songs and this song in particular. My first thought was like, I don't even know. Um, not like Green Day, but maybe a little Green Day. They they do a simple plan song in the credits. And that was, I think, the kind of vibe I was getting through a lot of the soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Um, a young man being like, what a da da da. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Less whiny than that, but that sort of timber. Yes. Um and so I was, I, I heard it and my immediate reaction was like, oh, this is playing over a montage. I need to go look this up because this will be a good bit. Like sure. the, you know, I, I got to go see what random band they pulled in for this. Uh, is this like a, a Blink-182 song or something <laughs> like that that they've they've licensed 30 <laughs> seconds of? Um, and I looked it up and I was like, oh, I, no, it's not on the soundtrack. It's not on the official release soundtrack. Um, and could not find like any other existence of this. And like went through, look at the credits from the 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 credits of the movie, yeah. uh, and the singer is credited as Mark Provart, uh, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Maybe maybe Prover, Provar, <laughs> uh, and uh, after I mean you, I just searched his name and was trying to figure out like where he came from. Uh, I think I've discovered that he is now that now a youth minister, <laughs> uh, so that's fun. But I was fascinated by this because I'm like. How does this, how do you end up with somebody who like has no other yeah. songs released doing songs for Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed that don't end up on the soundtrack? Like, I, And he does this, a couple I, of them. Yes, it few, raised yeah. questions to me that I, I cannot answer. And it was very yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, My knee-jerk reaction is... They're getting into post-production. They're putting the, cutting the movie. And one somebody says, you know, the best original song Oscar category is wide open this year. It's true. If we kind of had the votes, you know, we could. It's kind of whenever they adapt a movie musical, they're like, we got to write mm-hmm. a new song for Valjean to sing so we can qualify for one more category. Um, I think that's what they were doing here. Um, but no, it really is wild because... When you, you pointed this out to me before I watched the movie, and so during the credits, I was just I read through all the soundtrack stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, he's made like three songs on this." Mm-hmm. Maybe he was just like Raja's buddy. I don't know. Yeah, that's why I was trying to figure out like, did, is he related to anyone? Is anyone? Yeah. So, uh, my my bottom line here is, Mark, come on the podcast. Yes, let's talk about your career. We want to know. Yeah, we are curious. and and, and um, Christ. And we'll yeah, talk sure. about we'll talk about the we'll, Eucharist. We'll rap. Yeah, yeah, we'll on, uh, man. we'll get down with it. Uh, yeah, bring your guitar. I can turn um, this chair backwards very easily. <laughs> I'm sitting on a couch, so I cannot. <laughs> the, metaphorically, in my brain, 
my spiritually, I will turn <laughs> spiritually, the I am I am relaxed and on your level. Um. Uh, and I say this all because I feel confident we don't have enough listeners to like randomly get people to go try and track this poor poor man down. <laughs> yeah, don't bother him. He, I'm sure he's do, a, do not trying, actually bother him. To live but his life. I'm just saying, uh, this is invite. 75 that we have sent out mm-hmm. from this podcast to random people we have uh spoken about standing invite come on the podcast yeah if it ever if this ever lands lands on your if you're ever like hey wonder if anybody's talking about scooby-doo 2 <laughs> uh and wonder if they notice my songs we did we did notice your songs they're all right <laughs> they, for, they, they were effective in the movie so you know what yeah it's also interesting because again he has multiple songs in the soundtrack populated by many other songs this is not it's not even like a disney's tarzan situation where they went we're gonna have soundtrack songs and we're gonna get an artist to write the songs for the movie or like Mm -hmm. um uh simon garfunkel with the graduate where they're like it's not a musical but we want songs written for this that are going to tie in thematically and everything and so we're going to get this this band or the songwriter to do that usually you'll have a song written like that for the credits of a movie yes but in this case they had multiple um, but the soundtrack itself is pretty wild. Um, when Fred is gearing up to joust at the Black Knight, they play, they do a lot of vamping from Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi. They mm-hmm. never really play the lyrics until after it, the the whole thing. They only play it so that it's like, it's starting up, it's starting up, it's starting up. Dead or alive. And then we're done. Yes. There's... Um, I mentioned the Simple Plan song, which I never really listened to them like on purpose, but I was like catapulted back to just sure. ambient music of my middle school and freshman year of high school days. Like it was insane. Um, I also noted so th- <laughs> there is a there are two dance sequences in this movie. One is Scooby Doo when he and Shaggy go to like the um. Remember in Shrek where there was like that villain tavern where all the villains hung out? They have one of those mm-hmm. in, in Coolsville. And so Shaggy and Scooby go in disguise. And it's like disco themed because of course it is, I guess. And Scooby's in an afro and it's hilarious. And there's a f- fairly lengthy dance number where Scooby does disco. Um, and it's not Funky Town. It's not That's the Way I, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it. It's just a song. But then in the end credits, he ran. <laughs> they're randomly back at that club, and Scooby goes, "Sing it, Reuben," and then Reuben stuttered mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a move that because is... if you weren't aware that this takes place in two thousand four, or this oh, movie yeah. was released in two thousand four, we just really had to draw that in right before this movie yeah. viciously dates itself. Now they wouldn't have known yes. that at the time, um, but then then it's he he sings "Shining Star." Which I think was in Space Jam and was definitely in Muppets from Space. And now sure. there's a long like credits. They're all everybody's dancing, having a great time. And I was like, that's actually kind of charming. Mm-hmm. Um, Cardellini and it's... Seth Green are really going for it. And I was like, I can, I have the feeling that the two of them went, hey, this is the dance move I'm going to do. Okay, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do double it. All right, well, I'm going to do triple. Mm-hmm. And they look like they're just two comedic actors like hamming it up and having yes. a great time. And it's cute seeing Daphne and Fred dance because, like, they're actually married, and that's lovely. And Matthew Lillard is, again, committing to the ghost next to him that he cannot see, <laughs> but is dancing with him as though he is. It's it's a beautiful commitment. 
And they also keep intercutting, like, at the end of Spice World to other characters in the movie dancing in other yes. locations, including Alicia Silverstone. Yes. And I was like, did he get back in the disguise? And they went, oh, we imprisoned the wrong person. Sorry, ma'am. Go back to your new studio and have a dance party. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the reason I bring all this up is because it's great. But also, in the soundtrack is also a song performed by Clay Aiken, whom Ruben Studdard beat in American right. Idol. This suggests to me that it's it's like the Roger Rabbit thing where if Mickey is going to be – Mickey and uh, Bugs Bunny had to be on screen at the same time for the same amount of time and have the same amount of lines. Or like a, a equal time for presidential appearances on different networks mm-hmm. and stuff where it's like, well, we got Ruben. We, we got to get a Clay Aiken in here, but he didn't win, so we don't have to put his face in it. So – it was it was just I don't know. Or maybe whoever was in charge of the music was just trying to like stir up some gossip. I don't know. Stir up some some tension. But it, drama, I mean. But yeah, it was it's it's a it's a shapeless soundtrack, but not in the lots of genres, but th- together they make a sort of beautiful mosaic like like James Gunn soundtracks right. w- would later make. It it's just like well, what what do they have? And it's it's really like James Gunn with the the soundtracks he puts together, it's very. There is a mood and a vibe I'm yeah. going for. And I guess with the Suicide Squad, it's a, a mix. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember what all is in that one. I guess it's. I a remember the it, score. Yeah, and a lot of it is stuff that I'm not super familiar with. Right, like it's it's more obscure. Uh, it's kind of like this is probably what he likes to listen to just sure. in general pulling from some of his favorite favorite like more modern yeah music um but like especially the guardians that's i'm going back mm-hmm. some decades and yeah. i'm finding music that has withstood the test of time and still feels relevant and strong and like it's, yeah it's still going to connect with audiences i'm not grabbing things that have come out in the last 10 years uh, right and looking at what's mildly popular and what can be licensed into our budget. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> uh, that is very much the difference. So. I completely agree. Um, it also just occurred to me, uh, to date this podcast, the YouTuber Jenny Nicholson just yesterday released a video that is called the Church Play Cinematic Universe. It's brilliant. I loved it. Go watch it. Mark Provart. I wonder, I wonder if this whole time, was he... Did he maybe go to Canada and and, and and apply his trade up there? I don't know. Just, we want the answers, Mark. Come on, Mark. Just 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 come on the show and we'll talk. Also, I just we'll just talk. Whatever, mm-hmm. man. This podcast is You a got a movie you like that you want to talk about? You want to talk about um Cobra starring Sylvester Stallone? Come on. Yeah. We'll talk about Cobra. Yeah. Cape Fear? Yeah, let's do it. Either one. Um, Irishman? Maybe not, but do you want to talk almost about... Almost Famous? <laughs> you know? Like, whatever's... Yeah. Whatever's on your mind. That wasn't supposed to be a mean thing. Did, no, I mean, no. You did, you did fine work. Uh, we could uh, talk about uh, McFarland USA. McFarland USA, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just have a good time, guys being dudes. Dunkirk? Yeah. Um, Alex has been just desperate to watch Pebble and the Penguin. If you want, we can <laughs> sure. talk about that. Just uh, give the 
the Rolodex of movies that we're ready to talk about at any time. Just give it a yeah. spin. <laughs> the, spin the big wheel of movies, which is mm-hmm. how we, which is actually, if you look at our uh, episode uh, list, it does seem like we do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, there's a general path. There's a, sure. there's a general path. And sometimes we kind of weave off of it. Yeah. And go, but, you know you what? Know. <laughs> it's great. It's Halloween, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I really, really jumped out to me in this movie. Scooby-Doo is extremely athletic mm-hmm. because it, in, in sort of the, the third act, I actually do kind of respect that the movie goes, Scooby-Doo is going to be the hero of the movie and save the day. I do think that's kind of neat. Um, they also, they have a little flashback of <laughs> them all as kids or teenagers, like actual teenagers, playing Frisbee and Scooby-Doo does to catch the Frisbee and smashes into a tree. Mm-hmm. That he later, they have this control panel they're trying, it's the MacGuffin and it's shaped like a Frisbee and there's a shot of Scooby jumping for it and I was like, that's like, okay, that's like a little like, <laughs> All right, that's James. An actual, yeah, that's an actual setup and payoff, huh? It, Would you look at that? Interesting. All, all right. <laughs> um, but uh, and then there's that scene where, it's uh, like, if you if yeah. if uh, you're a driving instructor doing a administering a test to someone, and they've like ran four stop signs and like you know turned left on red and right and, like, sped over the the limit fifty miles. For multiple stretches and then they do a perfect parallel park at the yeah. end You're like wait Did, were, oh were you all right huh okay well you're not passing but yeah that was neat if you say so um <laughs> yeah and then there's that weird scene where alicia silverstone is like i'm sorry i had to put that cancer in your frisbee <laughs> but <laughs> i love that frisbee i can't do a scooby-doo voice yeah same um and i'm uh i'm good with that <laughs> I've accepted that part and I there there's a lot of voices and this is not one of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's like it's weird, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> should we just should we grade this thing or is there anything else to to note about it? I give it I think I give it a D. Yeah. For Scooby Doo. I am really torn between a D plus and an F plus. Okay. Because I don't it's like, in a way, I could accept this movie legitimately enough to grade it as a real movie. And, like, it would be an F+, plus, not in that it's, like, a good, bad, like, um, like Cats or something. But in, in the, like, no, 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 I don't think it's good, but, like, I watched it at the right, like, I had the right prior experience. Right. And I, I think this could very easily be a movie that if I, and I don't think I would actually genuinely want to watch this again on my own. Yeah, but if, as we mentioned, for whatever reason, I ended up seeing it again, I could see myself going, "Oh well, you know, it's really not that bad." And then going, "No, this is this is on its own. It is pretty bad. It's just that I watched the previous." Um, right. you know what? I'm going to go F plus. F plus feels the rightest. Um, and we can change that if we need to later. If you feel the F plus, then you yeah, I'm I'm I'll, I'm going to go F plus because there's something about it. I was like, yeah, you know what? I can't have an actual like animosity towards this. Right. You you are, th- this movie is more successfully aiming. I won't say that it's successfully landing the shot, but it's in. It has the right mindset for what I think the first one should have had, <laughs> and 
negotiate. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised that this one seems less embraced where I feel like, isn't this what we should have had to begin with? Right. But, yeah. Yeah. What do I know? Ugh. Do you have anything to recommend? Um, aside from all the crab legs you were putting away? I mean, I actually did not have any crab legs. That? I had, I had seafood. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. Didn't want to get too fancy. Right. Um, the drinks are expensive enough, you know? Hey, no man. man. Oh, geez. That's where they get you. And gas. And, <laughs> uh, you know, fireworks. All the fireworks I bought, those were pricey. <laughs> right. Boat that we sunk. <laughs> just, just to feel powerful of like, we can buy a boat and then sink it. We don't care. <laughs> With fireworks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, cool. I have no segue for this. I, I do have a recommendation, but first I would just like to say, because I don't think I will get this anywhere else, um, <laughs> I have a rant to go on that has nothing to do... It has something to do with this movie, but it's not... It there, There's a Scooby-Doo movie. I don't. Need, it's probably just like Scooby-Doo and the Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Um, and at the end of this movie, uh, it does the thing where... They find out that basically, and this is all just like my childhood is just remembering this, mm-hmm. and I I want to get this out here because we're talking about Scooby Doo. Um, it does the thing where there's a a, a machine. It's like a oh, it's the the somebody was taking advantage of the Loch Ness monster myth, and they made a big robot, and then uh, that's what that's what they were doing with it. Uh, and then at the very end of the movie, they're driving away, and they see like oh, there's something in the water, and there's there's a big ripple. Mm. They see the scales, and Scooby and Shaggy are like, "Did you all see that?" My my Shaggy is goofy apparently, Um, (laughs) (laughs) and the rest of the gang's like, "No, you're you're crazy, whatever," and they drive off. Um, and uh, it bothers me that that happens in a lot of things. I would like (laughs) to just do the Loch Ness monster because, like, Gravity Falls, the show that I adore, does Mm. it because that is how Old Man McGucket is introduced on that show. Sure, uh, is that he makes a a big. It's not the Loch Ness monster, but it's the the legend of the gobble wonder oh, yeah. or something like that. Um, and he builds a big robot uh, or robot, as he says, and uh, and then they discover it and unmask him, and then they see the the, the actual monster at the end. Um, they do this. So that what spawned this and what made me want to talk about it randomly on this is that, uh. I was reading some old Captain Britain comics of all things. Uh, nice. And uh, there's a, there's, the, these are like from the seventies from the UK and uh, they do that in there. And I was like, is this the <laughs> first time that this has come up? Because there's a whole thing where like, there's an alien that crash lands in the lock and like builds a machine to look like a big monster so that it hides the, the sort of, uh, like the, the basically the, the it's not an alien. It's like oh, it's a monster and it'll keep people away from the lake while it the alien harvests power. But the plot of this comic is that the alien's been there for like thousands of years, and they still at the very end they have the Loch Ness monster show up <laughs> in the last panel, and it's like, but there are some mysteries that will never be answered, and it's like, but you he that you gave the explanation for why people think there's a Loch Ness monster, um. <laughs> 
So that's something that I would probably never be able to connect to anything else. But I would just like to say, stop doing that. Just <laughs> either show the Loch Ness monster or don't. Phineas and Ferb has a great episode with the Lake Nose monster, uh, ah. which is also where the the wonderful Doof Insurance meme of if I had a nickel for every time X happens, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's still weird that it's happened twice. <laughs> Incredible line that I think about at least once a week. Um, what a great show! It is. And like I want, you know, g- give us go deeper into the yeah. Loch Ness. Give us, yeah, the real. And I don't mean the water horse. Give us no, 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 no. Uh, the real Loch Ness. The real. Ness I never Ness. realized what a prolific trope that is, but you're right. <laughs> like that is such a an overdone thing. Yeah. Well, when we make our movie, we won't do any of that stuff. Correct. Yeah. When we make our Loch Ness monster documentary. Yeah. We'll find Nessie. We'll right. bring you the truth. Right. Yeah. There, but, I think there's other examples of this happening, and I can't think of what. I think I had more, and I wasn't sure if I was going to do this rant, and I'd kind of forgotten about it, and then I was like, you know what? No. Oh, but no, but you're right. Like, I, truth. I do feel like so many shows have have done that. I feel like, hey, Arnold did this with like Probably. a haunted train, and they were like, no, it wasn't a ghost after all, and they figure out what it, what it actually was, yeah. and then at the end, you see the ghost driving the train, and you're like, but wait (laughs) was it yeah it's and of course that's i guess really where it probably comes from is santa because that's oh sure oh santa was just uh grandpa and a beard and everyone's happy because we got all our christmas toys and then at the end santa's flying off into the yeah in front of the moon and doing the ho 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 and everything so. I do like that this whole Loch Ness thing, it probably did start with Santa. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to Santa. Um, it, so it, what was your recommendation? Um, my recommendation <laughs> is uh, something that has nothing to do with any of that. It is a uh, $3 game, called uh, Steam game called Vampire Survivor. Okay, cool. Uh, or Vampire Survivors. Uh, it is... Uh, I think maybe it's not like fully complete, but they like have already done early access or whatever. Um, and literally the point of the game is that you're you gotta it's it's all very like Castlevania aesthetics. Um, Ooh, but it's yeah, like looking at it. you've got a you've got a dude or a or a lady or whichever, uh, and you're there's, there's a skeleton. There's all sorts of fun characters and stuff, and uh, you're just going around this map. Uh, as enemies are swarming you hmm. and you have all these different like abilities that you can get uh, but you don't all you do is all you control is movement and okay. selecting which abilities you get so you're not like oh I have to fire gotcha this way or this way or this way uh, and like this I have to press the one two or three or whatever to launch my weapons right it's just like right. you're moving around avoiding enemies and firing off a bunch of stuff Um and it gets so crazy so quickly. It's a, it's all like eight bit pixel art uh, kind of thing. Maybe not eight bit. That's not right. But more classic again, kind of Castlevania sure. style. Uh, and uh, there's like a bunch of abilities that can combine really well. Like you can have a million uh, like crosses uh, going out and hitting vampires or werewolves. Uh, and it's just a ton of fun. And it's one of those things where you go to like you play it for a little while and then you go to look up like the subreddit for it and you realize that there is a like you've you've discovered 25 percent of the game maybe <laughs> which is one of my favorite things to find 
Um, so it's a very cheap, fun uh, game that's very easy to grasp uh, and is just very addictive. Yeah. Um, it's got that thing where like you feel like you've put together the perfect the perfect engine to start killing all these monsters and really like you know just it's just like oh th- this that was all I needed. Now I'm never gonna die, and then you die like <laughs> a minute later. Uh, and it's and so that's very addictive. Um, it's just a lot of fun. So that's a random game I found that I've enjoyed. That does sound fun. I've been uh, I got back into Slay the Spire. Speaking mm-hmm. of games mm-hmm. where you start to feel invincible and then are uh, are you got you get it handed to you? Yes, by a weird donut monster. Um, sure. Uh, great game though. Uh, my pre recommendation Scooby Doo rant is 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 briefer. It is I I remembered. The Flophouse does a great episode featuring Justin McElroy where they discuss Happy Halloween Scooby-Doo, which is okay. a, a recent animated movie that I think I wouldn't hate doing on our podcast, where um, apparently it, it just sounds bonkers. Apparently, the Scarecrow is in it from Batman and like hmm. actually literally Jonathan Crane, the Scarecrow is in it um, and okay. Elvira and a bunch of other crazy stuff. But apparently part <laughs> Fred has some line where he's like. And I'll do what I do best, traps. And then, like, all these references to Fred's, like, I'm great at traps. You know me. I'm always making traps. It's like, that's never been Fred's thing at all. But I love that idea. And I also think he's wearing one of those, like, black onesies with, like, the skeleton print on it. Like, the whole movie. So it Mm -hmm. sounds fun. And it's Mm -hmm. probably, like, 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, So just saying, Halloween's coming up. Eventually, it all Halloween's always. It's all we're always in a, in a we're, way. We're always before and after Halloween. You should really never stop talk, stop talking or thinking about Halloween because yeah, that's when it gets you. Once you once you let down your guard, that's when it gets mm-hmm. you. Um, my recommendation is also having nothing to do with anything except. Well, actually, no, it's pretty topical. So the last time Tyler and I did a a a, a Tyler and Britain friend around, uh, we did an episode all about musicals and. Uh, I watched uh, recently something that I'm going to recommend. It is previous Tyler recommendation, Come From, a- Come From Away, mm-hmm. which I can't say clearly without garbling it. But it is the Apple TV Plus uh, production. It's a filmed uh, stage production of Come From Away, the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful musical. Um, I know this is a big thing to say, but I mean it. It's one of the it might be the best piece of art that I've consumed recently um i it just completely amazed me it's mm-hmm. it's the show itself is beautiful it is so touching in a way that's not depressing it's very funny at times the score is gorgeous and it's it's not a like here's a big song talk 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 here's another song talk 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 defying gravity here we go we are right. constantly sort of moving in and out of the music and the they'll start singing and then they'll talk a little more and sing a little bit. It's beautifully composed. Yes. It's a gorgeous uh, score. Every cast member in that play is so good. And it's just a bunch of people who just look like people just being people. And, I, but, but also just the way it's filmed is really impressive. They don't try to make it too much of a movie. But they, they place the camera close up where it's effective and they pull it back where it's effective and they'll have a camera upstage looking out at the audience and it's that's that really works. Um, so it's a beautifully filmed thing. But I was really impressed because the show is such a theater piece. It is so much like this. This could only exist as a play. I right. 
I can totally see making a movie about this story. I cannot see making a film adaptation of Come From Away. Yeah, it because it is like the way the story is told. Yes, the the pace kind of comes and goes. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's a very, um, yeah, just like rhythmic. Like that's a good word for it. Sort of pattern of sometimes it's direct conversation sometimes it's just like let's check in on these people real quick sometimes it's let's cover a bunch of time yeah sometimes like testimonials to the audience and yeah the way you have all these actors playing different characters and the way they'll signal that is like putting on a jacket or just like wearing a necktie or something just little things that the characters um there's one guy who plays half of a couple he plays an egyptian chef Mm -hmm. and a couple of other characters and like just watching his like just complete 180 between some of these characters it's so impressive and all these different accents and everything um it is I, I totally cried a lot of it but not out of sadness out of just like the the epicness of human kindness and just the mm-hmm. epicness of little things like figuring out how to use a bible to communicate with someone who does not you do not speak the same language um, yep. I really like cannot recommend it highly enough, and it's it's something that Apple TV Plus has actually turned out to be a very good investment on my part. Mm-hmm. I've liked, I would say nine ninety five percent of the stuff I've watched on there, and the, that five percent I still don't hate. Um, yeah, they've done enough. The like I feel like a lot of their originals early on were like, hey, we got this actor to do something. Yes, it's like yeah, okay, yeah. that's kind of cool. It's not really great gripping me necessarily but then like they keep doing it enough that they have a hit and and they're very i think focused they're very curated i still have not watched severance which i need to Mm -hmm. um great but like there are a few things on there that i feel like i really need to get back around to but just the fact that they have like ted lasso and coda is like Mm -hmm. knocking out of the park yeah that alone and then like you've got for all mankind and swan song and another movie that i'll recommend next week um Ooh. yeah they've they really have a lot they're very curated <laughs> they have a lot of good stuff is it the one with chris evans about something no it is not um, i don't remember what that one's called he doesn't has a mini or was that a mini series with uh, michelle dockery that's a mini series defending jacob okay yeah i do want to watch that though but i haven't yet where he um and you know it's a drama because he has a beard mm-hmm. um <laughs> but yeah uh i really even if nothing else on Apple TV uh, appeals to you, get the free trial, watch Come From Away and Coda, and then tap back out. Because yep. Come From Away is something that I, I, I knew I was, I figured I was going to like it because I liked the album so much, but I kept being like, ooh, am I in the right mood? Ooh, I don't, mm, I don't know. And then the Tony Awards happened and I was looking up some clips and I was like, oh, yeah, I like Broadway. Let me, you know what? I think I'm going to give Come From Away a shot. And so I sat down, it was like midday, and I turned it on, and it was just tears for the next two yeah. hours. I had a great time watching it. Um, I did not realize, I was reading about this the other day, that that lost to Dear Evan Hansen yeah. for several things. Best musical. I think probably should not have lost. <laughs> I, it is, an, yeah, it is. I, I can see during that season where Dear Evan Hansen was this, like, surprise hit, but, like, four years later, you're like, Wait a minute. <laughs> and, and not even from a like, oh, Dear Evan Hansen sucks. Just like Come From Away is so good. Yeah. It did win Best Directing uh, of a Musical, which I think is very fair. Because like the way that the set is very simple and just the way they arrange some tables and chairs, you're like, we're in a completely different location and I completely yep. buy it. Um, yeah, it's it's just 
incredible. And I am a sucker for the band making an appearance on the stage as mm-hmm. a part of the thing. And that happens a time or two in the show. And that, cause it gets into this whole, like in, in musicals exist in a world where music just happens, but now we're seeing where that, like we're literally seeing where that music is happening from and it's joining in the, the stage in a musical is already this like nebulous, neither here nor there space. And it's, it, it just plays on a lot of like physical and metaphysical things that just like really hit me. Um, so anyway, I love it. Come from away. Great musical. Great, great preservation of a musical. And I like that we're starting to do that instead mm-hmm. of adapting everything into a movie. We're starting to go, yeah, what is a good way to preserve Hamilton? Maybe it's actually just filming the show. Yeah. So I, I hope to see more of that. Is there a Hades town? I was just thinking about that. Man. I would, I would love to see. Really interesting. I was thinking about that because you said you mentioned the band, and I just started thinking about how yeah. good the trombonist in the recording of Hades town is. That uh, I would like to see it. Well, I've only seen. I saw the footage from their Tony performance, which is incredible, and it looks like they're doing incredible stuff with that. If there's not now, there's got to be at some point, right? Like that's such a. Surely. I would love to see that. Um, but anyway, yeah. Come from away and vampire survivors. Get out there. What uh, what percentage of this episode do you think we spent on Scooby Doo? Uh, the same amount as the audience score from Rotten Tomatoes, maybe <laughs> about forty. <laughs> that feels fair. Maybe maybe roughly. Um, I believe we've already selected. We're next week, uh, audience. We're going to do another catch up movie. You'll see what that is. It'll be all three of us together again, and. Uh, Maybe after that we'll pick up a new franchise. We got to actually, we got to have a production meeting and and talk about uh, the future of the podcast in our next phase. Um, but I I'm gonna make the promise to you that Kevin Feige has made to all of us that Phase Four of Here Come the Sequels will become apparent soon. It'll all come into place. Will it? Mm, I think Julie Louis Dreyfus has been going around uh uh. A hi- a hiring different movies <laughs> so Various i think sketchy yes uh, sketchy anti-movies yes. <laughs> yeah sounds good yeah i've been tyler <laughs> we'll do the thing where can they find oh uh, yeah I've, I've been tyler and if you want to uh <laughs> hear more of tyler uh, you can find us on herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HTTSequels. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. We are on Spotify, iTunes, uh, various podcast places. Uh, so go check us out. Yeah, just make a wish. We'll be there. Um, yep, it's a real abundance of Tylers. And uh, Correct. Alex is somewhere, and I've been Britain, and you are having a good night.